When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You've watched them break down countless fight cards. Now watch them break down their vocal cords with classics like Let's go there. Uh, like firm's charging. Now it is, yeah. Let's make our escape. Come on, let's go there. Or even an angel down the It's not carrying an angel. You guys are whores. Who is this Gary? And who could forget? Josie's on a vacation for a week. That's a good falsetto right there. We're shooting back to back pregame previews. That's a lot of real talk. Luckily, we got a lot of real talk. Luckily, we're a lot of men here. And we're drinking. When we started, he poured me all the way to here. Yeah, we're drinking Tiger Thick Whiskey, so. Yeah. That's what. Working our way. I was very hot in that drug rug, and I've worn that for two other shoots on this day, and I was the only one apparently who cared enough to, to try to differentiate. Well, I mean, we're just phoning it in, right? So why not just... Well, MK just got back from the UK, but the UFC is headed back that way, March 18th, at the O2 Arena. It's a big-time welterweight title fight back in London, England, and we're going to talk about it. It's the Morning Combat 286 pregame preview. That is Brian Campbell. That is the Iceman himself, Chuck Mendenhall, and I am Luke Thomas. This is our second straight pregame preview that we're recording in yep. a row. So Chuck and I are on like third base of this Tiger Cub whiskey over <laughs> Tiger Thick. Shout out to Brandon Chubb. Yeah. Um, it's it's pretty good. It's I'm not a, bad. So I'm a little loose already, Luke, is what yeah. I'm trying You're to drinking say. it in the worst glasses possible. Well, like, like Dale Sr., I got a little looser on turn four, right? <laughs> I knew a guy in college who was like legitimately depressed about that. Like was like legitimately sad when old Dale... Wow. Died in his He was an icon. Well, you were a uh, southern guy. Yeah. So. The intimidator. I still didn't understand it. I was like, I You're kind of yeah. the Dale Sr. of MMA. In what way? That we're all just waiting for you to, to go die? into the water. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, rip we're rip. just uh, <laughs> waiting for you to die in a fiery car crash, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, got, I, I got Dale Jr. vibes, right? Like, oh. Uh, Wait, Dale Jr. With the Budweiser guy? Yeah, yeah, the Budweiser guy. Did you ever see his MTV Cribs? Yes. No. He, he had, had that like place. area out in the woods, with, like for him and his boys. He, yeah. he had a dance studio, but the deal was because he was sponsored by Budweiser, he could only ever, if he was even going to be in someone's photos in a picture, yeah. it had to be Budweiser. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, we're not talking about Americans or car racing cool, or the Earnhardts Brock, Brock or Budweiser. Lesnar, UFC 100, where he uh, shouted out the other beer. Remember, yeah, he's Coors Light. Yeah. Yeah. A Coors Light. Then he had to apologize yeah, for that. He did. Danny got real bitter. Yes. But, Chuck, yeah. the UFC returns to the UK pretty quickly this time. Their last show was not too long ago. wasn't the size of this one. This is a pay-per-view. Um, and, of course, we'll be at the O2 Arena. Well, or a quick disclaimer. What kind of dialogue are we doing today? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, it's for the men do or uh, yeah. the, the men only or something like that. Wasn't it? For hymns. Is it very going? Real talk. Luke. I want to see you. Real, Real talk. talk. I want to Real see talk. you. Okay. Okay. Uh, what do you want to just say your piece? Like, don't, don't throw what what is your sense about the. We talked about this when we were there recently, but from afar, again, it's three Americans sort of opining here, but it is a largely American business. 
How is the state of UK MMA from what you can tell on the side of the pond? I felt like it was booming. Was it March of last year when they, you know, that big event? It felt like the Dublin McGregor event. I felt like the country was so behind it. They had all their stars going on. Patty was on it. Molly was on it. Um, Aspinall. Was it no, the Aspinall Blades? No, 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 that was not the Aspinall. That was the second one in London. Um, but anyways, it had all of the guys uh, competing, and I, I, I felt like, you could catch the enthusiasm, the passion. Through the TV. Through the TV, it was yeah. intense, yeah. It was like one of those types of situations. They had another event there that didn't go quite as well, and now we're at this, and I was hoping that this would be the one where we'd see the collection of MMA stars uh, from England all in one place. Mm -hmm. It hasn't really worked that way, but this one fight, to me, makes up for that. I, it feels it big because of what we've seen. I think that uh, Leon... The outpouring from that country for Leon and everything that he's been able to do is huge. So, I mean, just having that one big fight on the card is probably enough. BC? We I mean, let's be honest. Aspinall got hurt just when it looked like he could be next, right? Or did he suffer a loss before that? No, it's, no that it was, was the, the injury one. just sidelined. Yeah, right. And obviously both Patty and Molly Maple had some level of coming back down to earth from where their hype shot out from that one card you mentioned. But, I mean, Leon Edwards did folk hero shit. In, in head kicking Kamaru Usman in a fight that he was, you know, it wasn't it wasn't exactly one sided d domination. Mm -hmm. We sometimes, but it was it, it was that. it was stoppage or you lose. Right, it, he right? did take Kamaru down. He you know probably won the first round based on how you're looking at that. But the what the timing and where it was and it, you know that's why John Anik's call was the perfect setup about you know that was he's, perfect. He's not you know what, what was the exact quote? Do you remember what John said about Leon? You can never count him out or something along those yeah. lines, right? Not As, that ilk or something right, like yeah. that. Yeah, and. To land that and the fact that we got another one kind of right after that with similar circumstances at middleweight, um, you have now England's finest son, only he kind of like accidentally became that. Not accidentally because I'm saying the kick was a fluke, but mm -hmm. accidentally because how much did, did he get sort of dragged and stiff-armed despite this win streak and how often did we say, man, you know what? Let's go with Masvidal again instead of Edwards finally getting his <laughs> shot. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. anything that could have held Leon back for not being marketable enough or having the Bilal fight that ended in a no contest or, you know, not firing back against Jorge behind the scenes at all and kind of taking that. Um, man, did he just yeah. become everything the UK fans could have or would have ever wanted in that one big moment. So him coming back home in a trilogy in the rematch for the title against a guy who, let's not forget, when Usman lost, was pound for pound number one, was about to tie Anderson right. Silva's record for consecutive wins in the UFC and was kind of where Volkanovski almost equally is. Like, like one more big one away from, like, being being up there, being, being allowed up there in the upper freaking room. Um, this is great. This could not be better in terms of, of setting that groundwork in my eyes for the potential of something romantic. Could you imagine if Leon wins this series and turns back any notion that this was a certain right. level of a fluke? It's really not a fluke, obviously, because of the way Leon set the strike up and the head kick, and it was sort of waiting for the moment. But it's always going to feel somewhat fluky when a great fighter sure. is on his way to beating another guy and it just goes on one strike like that. Imagine the, the live odds had to have been stupid at that point. Oh, that yeah. I mean, the, the pattern had been established. I think most people are like, it kind of, you know, landed with a plunk at the end where Leon's chance, he was behind the eight ball. But to pull that out, I mean, it's just people have made, you've, you've been in the fight game a long time. People make the Rocky reference all the time. This guy's actual nickname is Rocky, <laughs> but that's the true Rocky moment, right? Behind the eight ball forever, can't get the title shot, finally gets the title shot, losing his corners, imploring him. 
to just do anything, do anything to resemble who he's supposed to be, blah, blah, blah. Didn't that feel like a mandatory? You, you used earlier today the mandate. They felt like a mandatory yeah. opponent. Let's just get point, this out of the at way. At that point, it did. Because Chemayev's next, right? It's just- and then to go down like that. It changes everything, too. It also changes everything because now the psychological interplay between the two, Kamaro coming off of a knockout, which he's never had to do, it changes everything. <laughs> Did you give – someone give me a weird smile here. No, you gave us a weird <laughs> smile. Oh, I know. I want to blame you, though. I wanted to, like – you know how, like, you trick the defense into, like, coming across the line? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then you point the finger? Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I've got so many sanitary napkins in my Look at all those. Jacket, that's pocket, uh, that's right? quite a bit. A sanitary napkin is not that. No, no. If you want to be sanitary, you should. You would like. You know, right. So but a sanitary napkin, napkin yeah. is not where it goes in your pocket. You big Nardwar guy, the human serviette. <laughs> no. What I was going to say was, uh, in terms of Leon Edwards, you know, we talked to Dan Hardy. We were in the UK, and we had asked him, like, you know, is is Leon kind of the the did he get handed the torch from Bisping as like the next UK mm-hmm. MMA figure? And Danny was like, no, he didn't. Like, he wasn't. They, I, I, I brought the story before. I talked to someone in, in uh, UK media, MMA media, a while ago, big high up person, and they were telling me that this was at the time. They were really hoping that Darren Till was going to fulfill that. He was going to, you know, Bisping right. lost to Gastelum after losing to GSP. They were like, "Who's the next big guy?" They're like, "Darren Till, that's the guy." That's and it turned out that was a that was a not the right calculation. That Leon Edwards would have been all along, but there's still a, a weird and awkward handoff, Chuck. I wonder what yeah. you make of that in terms of what it says about Leon. But also, too, here's what's kind of interesting. Both he and Michael, the two British champions, like Michael got the shot again in 199 against Luke Rockhold last minute, but it's both mm-hmm. these guys making these very uh, um, unforeseen grabs at the title yeah. in very almost last-minute kind of ways in, yes. in their careers. So, like, if he was going to do it, it had to be then. Right, because he would have never got another chance. Right, what do you make of sort of these sort of, like, weird parallels and also, like, the status of... I could see, the, I could see that chair. parallel. The only difference is... Leon is obviously stationed to do something more with it than Michael Bisping because I really believe, and you tell me if I'm wrong, but when they when we've seen this type of thing, I know that this is actually a trilogy fight because they had faced each other earlier in their career, but if Leon goes in there and does it again, it becomes his story in a weird way. It's like it's now it's like he was the guy who was just for whatever reason the kryptonite to Usman and I don't know what that means yet because I I think that that's part of it. Like we have built it like not a fluke like you said but we have built it on a way that you're just sort of like well he was losing the fight and he kind of pulled it out somehow if everything goes the way it should have went the first time Usman should have no trouble but I'm not sure man once you lose like that right like we've seen guys come back in diminished forms I think Usman is 35 years old all that stuff it could happen again it could something or it could be more emphatic it happens it in could London happen. I know why this more is... emphatic so in that way though I'm just saying like Leon to me has tons more upside mm-hmm. in the, in this like he can run it for a little bit you know what I mean and he's still at that age of his career he'd be that weird unsung guy who's suddenly sung you know like and, but a, isn't it on the flip side isn't it the mark of a true champion think GSP writing the wrong against Sarah think Amanda Nunes coming right back against Juliana true. winning back the title it would be it would be a true mark of who Usman is historically if he comes right back and well, wins dude. that title back and writes the wrong in a weird way we we almost we almost respect that as much as yes. someone who can like because you know, we've seen retire, it go the opposite so many times do, too. You know, because of perfection or have a run where no one ever beats them and they just walk away on their own terms. Well, you're talking about Usman. I mean, he's going into the other guy's backyard, right? He's in a bad situation in terms of having to come off a knockout loss and and prove this. If you remember, though, he's been very quiet in the lead-up to this. Yeah. 
that's a difference. Before, when he was going to, you know, all the talk was about Anderson Silva, the 16-fight streak. He's talking about Canelo. Remember, he was going on, he was like, movie roles, all those types He's of talking things. talking about moving up to light heavyweight. I know, moving up to light heavyweight. All those distractions are gone, right? Now he has to refocus on one singular task, and that's fun. I mean, where he was at to where he has to enter this fight is a complete 180. Why has Leon Edwards been slept on? <sighs> I don't know. I think part of it, he never struck me as a guy. Like, for instance, when the when the Masvidal thing happened backstage in London and Masvidal got all the, you know, the, the what was it, three-piece and soda, whatever it was, uh, got this celebrity and he had this big victory lap all year. I just felt like Leon was a non-factor in this, like just a non-entity. And I don't know if it's just his personality at this point. That was a style. I don't know. I don't know if it's just because he was a UK guy and the Americans weren't behind him. You know what I mean? But it felt to me, I remember people calling him Leon Roberts because they couldn't remember the referee. They would, they would combine those two names. And I'm like, his name's Leon Edwards, you know, that sort of thing. Just for whatever reason, he just wasn't, he didn't, Cap, captivate the kind we, of imagination. We were, as a as a mem, as an MMA media whole, were we not as a whole dismissive of him completely? Almost like that's why I brought up the mandatory term that you used earlier. Almost like let's just get this over with. You know, it's yeah, he has earned his rematch. Let's finally do it. Yes. It hasn't been his fault, but he's not super mar- marketable. He's you know he's got allegiances to different countries. So even though he's like from the UK that's and he's true. their guy, you know he's what does he represent? Jamaica, just the Jamaica same, yeah, on yeah. the same level, and you know just doesn't have that type of personality, but. That's what made his moment when he finally got it, I think, so much sweeter. Like, it's rare when you, as at this point when we're covering this game for so long, when a victory can feel just so organically mm-hmm. pure where the, the fan in you is just like, man, yeah. I think because we all slept on it, it made that moment so much better and maybe, maybe, just maybe raised him to be able to deliver that moment because we all slept on him. Why did we? I think the 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 reasons are pretty obvious. Sometimes in a division when there's multiple rematches at the top, mm-hmm. Like Max Holloway was behind the eight ball for a while before it's he finally got in the too. featherweight. All those guys were like celebrity types. Right. You know? Max was sitting back as Connor was, you know, building to Jose twice. They only got one fight, but you get my point. And the same thing here at, at, in this division, it was like Usman had two fights with Jorge, which took up some bandwidth. Had two fights with Colby, which which was a long narrative. He also had the fight fall apart against Muhammad. Like it was just like mm-hmm. bad luck in a row, but it was to set up that greater moment in his, you know, thing down the road. But like as much as like we owe him an apology. When 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 uh, Usman's got sexier situations he's right. building to, we'd already seen him beat. We'd already seen him beat Edwards and kind of beat him one-sidedly. It wasn't an exciting I think fight, but he's also a colossus of the division, right? Like Usman being the guy that seemed that good, it just didn't seem like he was going to clear that hurdle. You know, even if he got yeah. there, it just didn't seem like he was going to be the guy to get through the Usman hurdle, you know? Like, dude, he gets this Nate Diaz close-up, and then he almost gets stopped in the fifth right. round, and Nate gets, like, this street victory off of it. Kind of like, remember when Sergio Martinez beat the bags off of Chavez Jr. in boxing? But because he got dropped in the last round, it was almost like he lost in a weird way, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's kind yeah. of like that same thing. He at that was every his turn, career in general. Like, everything that happened to him, the, the, the negative was kind of extracted, or yes. the other p- point of view was the one taken. Or That's r- been his career. Just losing time during the pandemic. Yeah. He was supposed to fight Tyron Woodley. That's a good point, yeah. The March show after the, right. uh, after the uh, Kevin Lee versus Charles Olivero card. And the whole thing went up in smoke when they closed all the airports right. and everything else. Uh, I ask you this ignorantly, Luke, because I didn't look at the odds. But do you think we're going to sleep on Leon again and be yes. like, well, that first fight I did see what I saw. And, you know. 
Again, Kamaru <laughs> was winning that fight until he wasn't. Right. You know, and, you, and I think what's so what's so interesting about Edwards' career is all these moments that could have been big and weren't. Could have been big and weren't. Could have been big and weren't. And then kaboom. Right. And it was. And it was much bigger than you ever thought possible what he could do. I was awarding him, like, the possibility that like, he could pass the smaller test. And then he passes this enormous one, right, that you just couldn't imagine. So it's been kind of remarkable yeah. in that way. What you were gonna I was just going to say he's also – I feel like now he's established something that's very strange. Like – it's like the sudden victory, like from any point in the fight. He has an eight-second knockout, you know, which is right up there uh, among the fastest. He also beat Sabata at the last second. Remember, he one second left on the fight in a three-rounder. Like, he, he pulls these, you know, he does these things that are sort of dramatic in fights. It doesn't seem like he does this, but he kind of does. I think that that narrative has to be alive now that whatever it is, so if Usman's winning, he's not going to coast. You know what I mean? He's not going to do anything stupid down the stretch. It, you have to remember that he can pull these things out at the end now. I mean, it's just kind of a pattern we've seen him doing at mm. this point, right? Uh, I, I still think he'll be. I haven't looked at the odds, but I believe that Usman will be favored to win. Okay. I we were so. just in London, and to be fair, as much as I felt the combat sports energy there, and it was great, our fans at our live show, tremendous, it's still a boxing country. It yes, still is. It is. Okay? Yes. Is UFC an error or error? What am I trying to say? Are, are they erring by not putting this in a soccer stadium, given that they've built that foundation already with Anthony Joshua, with Tyson Fury? I mean, no. dude, Tyson Fury, Dillian White got, what, 94,000 people yeah, there? You couldn't get that with it. I'm not saying you can get 94,000, but Carl Frotch and George Groves twice did ADK in, Wem you know, in Wembley. So could they have put this in a soccer stadium to really give it that feel and sold 50,000 tickets? I don't, well, I don't know what soccer stadium would hold 50 in London. They would all be big. They would all be big. Um, no, I don't think so. I, don't, I just don't think you can turn water into wine. I mean, he is as popular as he is, which is, not, which is I'm sure, much po more popular mm -hmm. there than here, but not. Uh, he's not. But didn't they sell out those last two times in London in like an hour? Like just ridiculous. Yeah. Yes, and the, and the prices were very high. I mean, I'm not saying they couldn't do it. Like if Patty was on the card that's, that's, or something, that's you could probably get away with it. But without him, it's a little bit hard of a, a pull. But I was actually just thinking about this. If you think about what are the most significant British victories in MMA that actually took place in England. Hmm. So one would be Ian the Machine Freeman upsetting Frank Mir. Wow. That was a big one. Frank Mir was expected to go in there and just yeah. fucking roll, and, and Ian beat the shit out of him. I remember that Bisping one. Bisping yeah. Hendo 2, but it was Bisping Hendo 2, you know? but that's my point. So you, if you think about it, Leon Edwards. Oh, Bisping Andy Silva. Right, that would be up there, right? Okay, that's a big that one. That was a moment. That that's was a big a one. That's a really big one. It's not as big as this one. Yeah. None of them are as big as this one. If Leon Edwards beats oh, yeah. Kamaru Usman, this is the biggest victory on British soil by a British UFC fighter oh, yeah. ever. Stakes-wise, come on. It's, that's a good it's, point. It's massive. Right? Like, yeah. this, is, this is a historic fight for that. May not may not feel like it in terms of like the biggest pay-per-views of the year, but really this is a historic moment for an iconic combat sports market. That's why I feel like it won't happen. The MMA gods just won't let it. <laughs> I feel like every time there's a setup like that, you know what when you word is, it like that, it always gives me my good. The, th the thing is like, this right. too. It's like everybody, like you know how everyone who was pissed about Volk losing to Makachev yeah. was like, yo, he won the fourth round. It's like, please shut the fuck up forever. He didn't. I know. But you're, what you're trying to do is you're trying <laughs> to find a place for your frustration, right? Yeah. And you're putting it in places that it doesn't belong. I wonder if people feel like they feel so good for Leon, that they just aren't taking Kamaru seriously the third time around. I'm not saying Leon isn't. I'm sure he is. He's a, mm -hmm. he's a pro. He's a champ. But I feel like a lot of folks are like, dude, yeah. wouldn't it be awesome if Leon won the third right. one? One thing one. to remember, we're not that far removed from Kamaru 
absolutely disposing of Gilbert and Jorge in consecutive knockouts where you're yeah. just like, damn, yep, yep, yeah. yep. I mean, what do we expect the receipt of that head kick? Not just the physical, but more the mental for Kamaru. Kamaru does the, seem to be special in terms of how he's wired. Like he was, like he had the foundation built on the inside to be champion and have a long reign. I mean, it wasn't, it didn't feel in the moment like it was hard for him. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. he, he fought like, yeah, I was supposed to be here. This yes. was supposed to happen. I'm supposed to be here. That's you, right. You expect him to, to, I mean, Amanda Nunes just did it. We're going to see if I'm signing. I think he it. will. And the reason why I do believe <clears> that is for a lot of reasons. I mean, the head kick is bad. Yeah, that's a bad one. That could really mess you up. But. On the other hand, they, when he was asked about it afterwards, he said, like, not just, like, all the right things, but he seemed to accept it. Like, I take the loss. I'm not making merely any excuses for it. I accept it for what it was. He, I think he was, like, appreciative or at least congratulatory anyway towards his opponent. Like, he had a certain level yeah. of rational understanding about Part of what had story. happened. He's been a right. competitor a long time. Right. And I think now he's probably spent a lot of time trying to process it. The fact that you say yeah. he's quiet, that to me tells me he's he right. is looking to come back and yeah. absolutely hammer Leon Edwards through the canvas. What do you think now that you've seen Wakanda forever? What did you think about Kamara's acting role? There? Did you see that? I did. Uh, what? Where does he play in that movie? Like this, <laughs> he's like the security guard to the oh, queen. Oh, that was there. him? Jesus, I didn't I even notice. Good Lord. <laughs> I must have been checked out. You missed Sensei Odell, a.k.a. Tyron Woodley, in the final season of Cobra Kai, although I heard they're coming back with a new final season. Uh, yes, season the six. lives of teenagers could not and be more And now you didn't even remember Kamaru seriously? He didn't have a mask on or anything? He looked like Kamaru Usman. Dude, I legitimately, I had a few gummies. I <laughs> had gonna a lie few gummies. I'm not going to lie. No, yes, that part is the truth. Okay, I okay. had a few. I honestly, did I fall asleep during that part? I don't remember. You fell asleep. It was at home. I watched it on Disney Plus. Oh, all right. I watched it on Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the better rematches, though, isn't it? Like, I know it's a trilogy, trilogy quite tightly, yeah. but it feels like a rematch just because the first one wasn't really, you know, as big of a deal in the time. But it feels to me like a good, uh, it's a good rematch because of all of these storylines, more so than even the Pena Nunes one. Um, I think because it's in England, you know what I mean? And I think because there was this fluke nature, whereas with the. Pena one, it was almost like the way she dismantled Nunez in the second round felt, I don't know. It, you were like, you weren't sure what to think of that. Like, is this just emblematic of like. I felt like when you're playing a yeah. video game season in a sport and they have those FU games that you just can't win, like the computer will not let you. Yeah, that's, that's how it felt. And you're just it, like, this is rigged. Like this you is saw absolutely the rigged. wheels coming off of yeah. the, Like the whole thing was just such a crazy thing. But I don't know. It just has, I love this type of psychological thing where you have a, a champion who'd been winning, who's like thinking broader than just his station in mean, What else is he going to do historically? Now has to come up from the other angle. I love this sort of setup, man. Dude, if Kamaru loses this again, where does he go from That's a there? good question. Right, he's, he, well, that, it, because he was so close to, to literally becoming an all-time great, like almost demanding a seat at the table, and maybe considering... Another second weight division, especially with Izzy having lost his belt. Who knows, right? What what still could happen? But you're right. If he loses it, then it's like that's that's your guy that got you at the end, and you're one of the greatest champions we've had. But you're right. sort of in the group now. So this has a that weird, really be crazy weird element of like Kamaru can erase it with a victory. To, to the sting of the loss, he really can. You know, you can't win back that win streak. No, but you can you can really put things but it back in a order. Blip in the road, like that type of thing, right? Like it just becomes like part of it. Everybody has that too. All the guys who absolutely 
very good have some point where they just didn't you know win or whatever but or maybe like 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 John Jones had those where you got the close decision yeah. win but people are like man you know you slipped or, or or I don't know it, it it gives us a chance at a great storybook ending either way and I love that it's rare it's rare yeah. heading into a big fight where you're like man I, I you know that t-shirt that I hope both teams play well you know it's like I don't care who wins <laughs> I just, you know um, it's like that I kind of I kind of just want to see a great I want to feel something yeah. coming out okay of here. but what happens if Kamaru wins. Right, and, like, wins, like, authoritatively. Like, the head kick right. never happens. He's you back know. in the pound-for-pound discussion. It's like, welcome back in along with, so. along with Islam and Alex. Like, welcome back. Yeah, because then I think it overshadows. Honestly, if he, if he goes right through it, uh, Edwards, you would then look at the, the first, the, the second fight, I guess, differently. You'd be like, well, he was dominating most of that fight, too. And yeah, the caught, rematch, you know? yeah. I think it starts to shade over the, the loss, you know. So I think so, too. I think he would just be right back in it, and it's kind of business as usual, right? So I don't know if the MMA gods want that either. I know. That is a, that is a point. You know what I mean? That's, that yeah. also sounds too comfortable. Yeah. Too predictable. Good point. So uh, this thing's going to end in some kind of controversial draw or disqualification or something. I think, uh, I believe <laughs> that, um, I'm not sure, I believe the math on this is right. I think Kamara will be 36 two months after this fight, roughly two months. So he's almost 36 years old. So, like, win or lose... Yeah. It's not like he's got a ton of time left, right? What would happen if either of them had to had to pull out with like a week and a half to go where you could still get a big name? Hmm. Bilal? Would you do without like would you do that or would you kind of do something crazy? I don't know. I, was, I thought that uh, for a second. I don't know. I mean, I, I wonder. Don't know. In the event of a nine-day-away injury, I don't. That's a great question, BC. Good... By, by great, I mean terrible. Thank you. We can move, <laughs> we can move on with the show. I'll Truly, I mean terrible. Okay, how about that? Would be devastating though. Have Bilal step in. And a London card like that, that yeah, would just not it be would good. it would not be the, the the ideal situation. Um, all right, co-main event is an interesting one, kind of a number one. Well, I don't know what it is exactly, so maybe you can tell me. It's an action fight that rules. It's an action fight. <laughs> it, it is definitely an action fight. When Rafael Fiziev takes on Justin yeah. Gaethje, holy smokes! I mean, Chuck, not a lot to dislike about this one. When I ask you what you like about it, what would you say? That they're both kind of berserkers when it comes <laughs> down to it. I mean, they're going to go right at it and. Uh, I feel like anything that just, I mean, this is just Justin Gaethje. I would have said years ago that he couldn't maintain, that it wouldn't be sustainable for him to keep fighting and staying relevant to a title picture the way he fights because it's just, there's not a lot of self-preservation. And it's just the way he fights just leaves himself open to these wars and guys just can't keep doing it. But here he is. And I mean, honestly, like, I think he's one of a kind, one of one type of guy who can do that, like just fight after fight. So I don't know where I view him at this point in terms of the title picture. Maybe you tell me. I don't know. Like, I know that he's had a couple of losses recently, but they're great fights. I don't know where. They well, he said, I, I've come back to earth on him. I, I had him still in the pound for pound before the, the last title loss. Okay. You know, like without a title in the top 10, because I mean, that run he had had to, to, to kind of figure it out, right? Put the, put the extreme action part of him away yeah. and just focus in on being the best he can be. It was, it was wild and crazy, but Man, when he got to the title level, outside of the truthing angle that maybe he was one kick away from putting Habib in peril, maybe, maybe one more. <laughs> maybe. Outside of that, dude, he, he laid an egg, I thought, in the title fight. Is that, hard, is that too harsh, the second one against Oliveira? Is that too harsh? I mean, you know, he landed shots early, and you, and you can land on Oliveira, but I just feel like he got exposed on the ground in both losses, like, surprisingly yeah, I mean, I can see that. easily. So, is this fight is the, the the biggest thing I want to learn from this fight is is it, where exactly is Gaethje? Is he just aging action hero now? So let's just this great generation of him and Poirier and all those other guys. Should we just keep fighting each other, 
or does he have one more run in him? I think some of it is, is situational matchup-wise. And situational matchup-wise, this could either go really, really good or really, really bad for him. But he's not going to be taken down and exposed and submitted here. This is going to be a wild war, and Fazeev's coming on like a six-fight win streak with knockouts of Moicano, RDA, and uh, who was it? Oh, Riddell. I mean, this is like, this is a sick run. I don't fear this, the style of this matchup in terms of like, will Justin get exposed and go backwards in that regard? He may get outgunned in the end. That yeah. may happen because we don't know how good Fazeev is. But I do think he has severe limitations, Justin, at the very elite level, and, he got, and that got exposed twice, even though I thought the game plan against Habib was... I understood what he's trying to do. Dude, I, I, I just think it's a great fight, but, man, <laughs> tough fight for Gaethje. Yeah. You got a guy in Fazeev who maybe doesn't hit quite as hard but is a hard hitter uh, with much cleaner mechanics, better timing, man. and just as much willingness to meet you in the middle. And, oh, by the way, is fresher. Yeah. It's a tough fight. I could see him. It's a tough fight. Like a guy piecing, like Gagey with see a, him piecing up. Yeah, a yeah. guy with a chin like Gagey, when it goes, it goes dramatically. I know. I was thinking about and we're this not too. there like, yet. If he loses, well, okay, but well, if this he, could even if he one. doesn't get the lights put out against Fazeev, but let's say he just loses, but like loses and you know, like if Fazeev is going to beat him, he's going to beat him. It's going to be an ugly win yeah. or the sense of a the amount of damage he takes. Um, I, you know, we talked about the bookend previously with a different fighter, it could be like kind of the bookend moment for Justin Gaethje. Sure. You lose to Fazeev, it's not like you're done, but, you know, lost to the Habib, lost to Charles. Now you're losing to the young up-and-coming right. guys. That's yes, probably going to be the bookend moment. Not when he's done done, but when you know, like, him as a title threat, those days would be over. Yes, the upside for him in this fight, taking this fight is pretty harsh because if he loses that reason alone. And it feels to me like Fazeev is like the... Um, the interloper into that group you were mentioning with Poirier and all yeah. that, like all those guys who have just been floating in that position for a couple years and fighting each other. Uh, it feels like here's the other guy now showing up to kind of make his mark. And that's why when you look at that, I feel like the hunger side of it probably falls to Fiziev too. Like he wants to show that he belongs <clears throat> there. And if you look at his like Twitter and stuff like that, man, the way he's like he sees things and what he's doing, savage. I know he's gonna show up, dude. I mean, I he, know he's gonna show up. He beat up RDA, like that was hard. Yeah. That was kind of yeah. hard to kind of hard to see happen. RDA had some moments in that one too. Like Gaethje's probably gonna have some moments as well. Gaethje's yeah. gonna he have a does, shot. Though. That's the thing. Gaethje can win this fight, I think, style wise in a war, yeah. without necessarily regaining all this. Like, could he win the title again? I think. Win or lose, Gaethje's probably who he is right now. He's an aging gunslinger with certain huge superlatives, the ability to knock you out, the ability to take in incredible punishment. But he's not going to get any better here. He can win this, but he's yeah. it's, he's got to kind of wear down. He's got to get into a war with a dangerous guy and wear him down, and there's almost got to be a legitimate hole in the armor of Fazeev, right? Like, like a, a spot in the Death Star we didn't see, you know what I mean? To get him yeah. into a war and he guesses out, which I don't think will happen. But outside of that... Skill for skill in terms of momentum, yeah, this could be a it tough It always night. felt like... It could be a tough night for Gaethje, no question, man. It always felt like if Gaethje was on the ledger, like whoever was fighting him was going to have to go through hell. You know, to, to get his hand raised in the end, he was going to have to go through hell. He was probably going to have to be put into deep water at some point. You know, he's probably going to get beat up at some point in the fight, but he's going to have to overcome that part of it and still win. That's the weird part with the, uh, with the Oliveira fight a little bit, is I felt like maybe, you know, Charles Oliveira didn't have to go through that. You know what I mean? Like maybe he's like maybe the maybe there's going to be a little bit of a difference here, and if you have the kind of you know the whole the, like the full arsenal that Fiziev brings to this, I feel like he probably will not have to go through hell. 
like that he could probably find his offense without going through that war. You know what I mean? I don't know, Chuck. You don't think so? That would mean Gaethje's done, right? Well, I'm trying to Gaethje say Gaethje can't like, even make it a war if Gaethje gets overwhelmed and sliced. I'm up trying to finish. say this could be the fight. I mean, I may, maybe I'm just reading into it because there's really no evidence of that, other than maybe the Oliveira one a little bit. But I'm like, it just could be that time. I just I felt like the style that he's fighting for so many years, man, going all the way back, like 10 years, what 12 years? I don't even know how far. Just fighting this style at some point does catch up to you. And also, not just like that it shows up, you know, when the fight starts, but like. Uh, you know, I, I, I remember, I, dude, I, I, I think you could even go back and look at the post-fight show I did at the time. I remember after Gaethje fought Tony, Yeah, I was like, dude, that was the kind of punishment that'll change a guy. Yeah. It'll change a guy. I don't know what Fazeev will do because Fazeev can be calculated at times, although he can be wild, he can be a little bit of both. He's a little all over the place in that sense. But uh, there's, a, there's a way here where, like, Gaethje not only loses but gets beaten up. Right. And in that process just gets like there's just no coming back from that. Like this yeah. final push of whatever. It could be bad. Unfortunately, right. when you carry that style for so many years, when it goes, it's going to go. He's, but you know, here's the thing. Like, it's not like I, it's not, I don't wish to defeat on him and he might win. But like he's been very open and honest about the costs of this style. Yeah. Yeah. From day one, he's like, it, there's going to come a time when everything goes. And when it does, I accept it because I want to fight this way. It's right. like. Yeah, I know. He has. Okay. You know, like, trying to think. I did a, yeah, go ahead. Like a fine wine. You think his reputation will age? Like, year after year, we'll look back and be like, damn, dude. Like, he had, like, an Arturo Gotti-like run and was a legitimate title contender twice, right? (laughs) But, like, who has, who has come through, like, a meteor like this and put on that many badass fights in succession and big fights, too? And let's say this was the last time for him at this level, which we don't know. He could win this fight, but let's say it was. Nobody at that level. Once in a while, you get an action hero who just makes shit ton of fun fights in a row. But like Chris Lieben type, right? They're not fighting the top flight fighters like this. Like that's what's crazy about. Yeah, I mean he's fighting the very best, and he's been in some of the best fights the sport has produced in the last 10, 15 years. Seriously, one after another. And by the way, there's still time for rematches with Poirier or whoever. I mean, dude, he was doing this in World Series of Fighting too. Go look at his fight with Luis Palomino. That's the one. I did a feature on him. That's what I was going to mention right before what they fought twice, right? Yes. Uh, But the rematch, I believe it was. And he was saying the exact things you're talking about. He's like, you know, I know that this is crazy. I know that this is not sustainable, but I'm going to do it until I can, you know, blah, blah. And here he is. This is like 10 years later, man. Still and he's doing still it. doing it. Although he did reform his style. That is true. Yep. He made some substantive changes. But in any case, for Fazeev, I don't really know what it means to be like, um, you know, here's the thing. It's like, I don't know what Connor's going to do. If he beats Chandler, is he going to get a title shot? Uh, yes. Who's Yes. Okay, yes, but like maybe he wants one at 170, in which case it's not really relevant here. Where yeah. do the other players in here fit? We don't know what's going on exactly, BC. Where does Fazeev fit in here if he gets a great dominant win? Well, look, lightweight is still a Cadillac division, okay? So where does he fit in? It'll be at the very top. He's going to get, if not Poirier, Poirier-like name, right? But you're not, so you, your mind is that he has to win this and another one before the title shot. Well, let, let's talk Probably about where, right. where where do we see the top five right now in her in terms of who's owed. Who's who's most owed next here? Uh, Benil Dariush, if yeah. he beats Oliveira at two eighty eight. Okay, so he'd be in line right behind that. Ooh, do you agree with that? I think so because it'd be can't. a big win, dude. Let, seriously, it'd be a seventh in a row and Justin Gaethje. I could see a big it going win. that way anyway, just because. <sighs> It's 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 hard with the Gaethje thing. Like I said, I don't know where the UFC kind of views him. So if he beats Gaethje, I could see them putting him in Poirier. Only in the sense that now you're just kind of like the killer of the twilight, uh, the twilight of the idols guy who's going to go through the guys who had been holding that station, you know, for mm-hmm. so long. 
Um, I could see that. That's what John Jones did. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, that's what it's like. That's, that's what it's like. It Randy Orton did like the that. legend killer, all right? That's what people do. Yeah. John Jones's thing is, I mean, I always point that out because there was like, a, and that that is similar to the to the Poirier, Gaethje. It is. That you know, vortex of, yeah. of violence. The vortex of violence. Eddie Alvarez was in that group, swirling. too. Swirling. Okay. A <laughs> swirling vortex of violence. Connor put his head in that group once in a while. Yeah. Huh? The Randy Orton reference. Yeah, that was good, right? So good. So good. <laughs> Not Tony, that good. Yeah. I, dude, I wish Tony Khan would still pay attention me, to that. You know I mean? No, I don't watch wrestling. You don't watch none? Really? No. Only when Ariel and Tony Khan have a public. I was going to say, he was going to say, you yeah. didn't see what's going on. All right. Uh, yeah. You think Ariel can win the 24 7 title? Peter Rosenberg did once. I don't know what the 24 7 title is. All right. Ba back to this, Luke. Back to this. Oh, is this the one that Bad Bunny had? Yeah, it's the one where, like, if you could just pin somebody from behind and surprise them and a referee's present, you win the title, you know? So you can, like, go in the bathroom or while they're sleeping or whatever. I mean, it's stupid. Is the 24-7 title, is this a prestigious title? No, it's, it's like it's like like the entry-level whore title. It's know? like a, uh, it's like a, like you're it. Like if you're a celebrity <laughs> and you're walking through that day. Tag, you're the 24-7 champion. It's like that, yeah. That's real stupid. <laughs> yeah. Pro wrestling's pretty stupid. Yeah. Do you watch pro wrestling? Oh, my God. No, 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 I don't. Hesitate, I don't. Uh, but... but Occasionally, I do because I have a son who um, watches it. So not all the time, though. I but I could tell you at this point. You got a son who what? How old's your son? Twelve. So it's right in his wheelhouse. Yeah. You just take him to the mall and leave him. There. <laughs> <laughs> Does that see on your hat Stanford Charles or Connecticut? Chuck. No, it's Connecticut. It's Yukon. <laughs> or Cooch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. If you don't come in here next time with a hat that says Wineum Dineum 69, <laughs> I'll buy one. You're not allowed to I will find that. I will find that. Uh, the card has some other features on it. Speaking of horned up people, BC, Roman Delizze is on this card. Uh oh. Wow. You that you what, are you what are you trying to say here? Taking on Marvin Vittori in a middleweight really contest. Fight. It's actually a very good How about this? Roman Delizze all of a sudden 12 and 1 his yeah. record. Dude, them matching him against Vittori, who like not that long ago fought for the title, is showing you that like. They believe this could be the next hand. Yeah. And you would have reason to also believe that based on his recent run. I mean, you know, since Cheyenne came into his life, things have really started on the upswing. Luke, he's a savage finisher. How how well rounded is he? To to because if he beats Vittori, you're in the you're in the larger title. Yeah, Vittori is such a great test because he's such a physical yeah. presence at 185. Doesn't have the best boxing, but it's good. Doesn't have the best wrestling, but it's good. Sturdy has fought the very best. He went the distance with Whitaker, yeah. went the distance with Izzy twice, uh, and took some rounds from him. Like, you know, he's got, he's got, he's, he's sort of, it's interesting, right? Because they, they, I know the Vertitas were really big on Vittori being from Italy and they want yeah. to move into that market. And I feel like Vittori is very good, but hasn't quite rounded it off yeah, his game to get that to that next level. All of a sudden, Delizze comes out of here, starts beating people, including but not limited to, uh, what's his face, out of Norway slash. Uh, Hermanson, Jack Hermanson. Hermanson. He beats the living shit out of him, yeah. and you're like, "Whoa, what are we doing with this guy? This is a that crazy was the eye-opening moment. moment. I mean, right? I mean, that to me, I thought he was. I thought that that's where reality sets in for that guy. To be honest, so I'm. <laughs> this run is pretty good, and honestly, man, because Vittori has been linked into these big fights at the top of the division, I feel like this is a fairly visible moment for him to but here, truly get across. Vittori's at a weird crossroads. I tried to eloquate this point on morning combat in the past and i think i came up empty luke but here's what i feel about him he's very well rounded as you said but sometimes that's like warning track power in every category so when he goes up against the very elite he tries to fight too much like a very elite fighter and then ends up just kind of gets out techniqued or outgunned 
do you need to see a little bit more of the Berserker come out of him? But then again, in this matchup, you're like, that's going to play right into what the lead day does. How does Vittori find another gear to get back to the title? That's really up to him. I can't define for him what his style should be. He's got to be more dangerous offensively. There's no denying he's a jack-of-all-trades, master of none is really his problem. He's good at just about everything. <clears throat> he's not great at really anything. Like, what's his best punch or strike? I don't know. Right, exactly. Like, there's nothing. <laughs> like, what's? I mean, it's sort of. It is, is true. To borrow from pro true. wrestling, like you can think of a couple of signature techniques from everybody. There's this technique that everyone that's, who's that's a, great a great champion point. stands out in your mind. With Vittori, he's big and he's good and he's in there, but like nothing stands out in a huge way. Right. Um, and he's I, got a good chin and he, he's, got, he's got a good. Dude, stamina. he's a great fighter. He's, there's nothing wrong with him. Just solid, but, in general. Right. And and most people were just talking about like, well, his first fight with Izzy was close, right? This was the. This was kind of what you were leaning on. Well, he, he was at enough to offset an explosive offense, and he was good enough to kind of put him in positions. And But there was nothing. You're right. It's kind of like Delize Morphous <clears throat> all of a sudden like put together like very elite finishing ability. Yeah. And I mean, if he can stuff takedowns against Vittori, he may be able to right? to knock him out in you know in the first half of the fight. And both guys, you're right about Vittori too. Vittori was this guy who I think the UFC still has some high hopes for. I think how old is Vittori? I think he's in his sure late enough. 20s maybe early 30s at most, um, they, they still have some hope for, but it, this fight... 29, th 29 dude. is what I'm wow. saying. The guy is young, but, like, I, and he was with he was with Kings MMA for a long time, and they did, they did a great thing with him, but, like, it's clear he's looking for a leveling up, and I just don't feel like... I feel like it's going to take some time. He might actually beat Delize. He might not. I don't know. But I do think that like, what he's longing for is a year or two away. Yeah, four-fight win streak for Delize, three by knockout, Kyle Dawkins, Phil Hawes, and then Hermanson. Phil Hawes won with someone, okay. Um, he seems to be a different fighter than the first couple versions. Of, you know, for, for sure. It's just how how far can he take that? Maybe Vittori's the perfect opponent to stretch him out a little bit. Because Vittori, like I mentioned, if if Delize stuffs the takedowns, could this end up being a short night if Delize can put the power on him? Sure. But Vittori, again, sometimes to his fault, he can he can linger. I mean, he, he, like you said, mm -hmm. very well rounded across the board. Yeah, he does get hit, but he's not reckless. He may be able to stretch Delize deep into this fight, and, and we'll get to see another part of what. Where is Delize um, ranked? Do you guys know, like, or where he's kind of in like the pecking order, or, or right around there? I'm not sure where he sits in the rankings. Yeah, yeah. you know, I can look. Anyway, up. If that's... you guys, if you guys want to talk about, like, did you see I on mean... New Year's Eve on Cheyenne's IG when Roman was shooting off those guns on the, from the deck? It was like, <laughs> like yeah, baby, yeah. It's, it's nice to be hooked up like that. Yeah. You know? What am I looking up again? Oh, the uh, yeah, right. Yeah, look at him, just. <laughs> you know what, dude. You know he told me when we were in it's London. Diaper, though. Do you know he told me when we were in London? This is true. He's like, dude, I have watched an unhealthy amount of. It <laughs> is was not a conversation. That was a that that came out of that guy. Okay. Unhealthy. He told me I was like I was like, dude, that's a lot of pornography. Because uh, <laughs> like, there is a healthy yeah. amount, and then there's the unhealthy <laughs> <Yeah>. amount. <laughs> All right, as we speak right now, Roman is ranked eighth. And Vittori's ranked okay. fourth. Ooh. See, I mean, that's what... That's so you have to move into the top that's five. What I mean. Vittori's fresh off the loss to Whitaker. He had the that's win over Costa and then the loss to uh, yeah. Adesanya in the rematch. So, look, this is still big. I, I do, though. Something's got to change for Vittori. Something does have to change here. So maybe that's yeah. a, a a deeper commitment to try to to try to take him down and just... just I mean, you got to run that pace up. you got to try to expose True. the lead in some form here, right? Yeah. Uh, you certainly do. All right. Also on this card, you <clears throat> see women's flyweight contest. So you know your pants are around your ankles. 
when Joanne Wood takes on Luana Carolina. <laughs> more of a strawweight division fan. You know, it's more it's more parody, but but no, this division's coming on. I don't Come have the a, tweets at me here. I'm gonna fair, get though, included in the tweets again. He's like, I give this fight four boners up. <laughs> it's so unnecessary or and unfair to be fair. Uh, but Chuck, I don't consider this matchup offering me much in the larger 125 title discussion or that like, hey, 125 doesn't suck anymore. It's pretty good. Someone gonna come out of this and make some noise? I don't think. No. So. Wait, wait. It's no. Joanna Wooden. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Luana, <laughs> Luana Carolina, oh, yeah, who yeah. I think is Panamanian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a terrible. Yeah, Joanna. Joanna it's a terrible yeah. fight. Okay. Uh, Joanna Wood. Um, it's Joanne. If you Joanne. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, but she's ends up on these fight cards. Almost like the strike force fighters used to, you know. Just she's because, Scottish. I know that's what I mean. Yeah. But it's like, all right, well, we got one going in that region. Throw her on the card. That's kind of how. Yeah. It is. I'm not trying to be mean. Right. She shows up. Interesting on these welterweight main. Right. So the other one is uh, it was supposed to be a fight between Gunnar Nelson and Daniel Rodriguez. Rodriguez is out. Brian Barberena is in. Could be Gunnar. Could be Gunnar. Gunnar. You're a goon. Er. <laughs> you think it was Gunnar's fault that Connor didn't fly from Iceland to Vegas and then he got dropped from 200 and then he did the thing about the cheddar and you know. What? Are you talking? Chuck knows. You, you got you got me, Chuck. You know, one day, Luke, when when we when we break up and flame out, and then I'm like living in a van down by the river for real. Yeah. Chuck's gonna write one of these awesome like where are they now features on me, and it's gonna, it's gonna be awesome. It's not gonna yes. be awesome. It's already you're, in the hopper. Dude, you're definitely. I mean, you're gonna die of fentanyl poisoning. I mean, that's, <laughs> oh, that's, how dare you? That's <laughs> no. Wow. All right. I mean, it's not a great death, but <laughs> I think oh, there's man. one other fight that I care about. Uh, Gunnar Nelson Brian Barberina is the one that you were talking about. That lost a little sex without D Rod. To be he fair. has the win over Takashi Sato, Gunnar Nelson, but he hadn't competed before since 2019, so hard to really know what is up for him. Yeah. So for the rest of that card, Jack Shore taking on Makwan Amir Khan. Yeah, Jack Shore's got to bounce back that first he defeat. Right? Definitely does. And then how about Mohammed Mokaya? Oh yeah. Taking on right. Jafel Filio. Look, is he the future they, at flyweight? I love how they bury so him. He's got He's looked good in terms of positional <clears throat> control and then had like zero ground and pound. Yeah, yeah. So he's so young. Let's all take a step back and, you know, 21, 22. Yeah, 21 ish. Like so let's just, you know, okay, he'll be fine. But he has some work to do. This is why I always tell fighters, man. And he had a lot of amateur experience, so he's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, They're giving him a good slow escalation. They are. There's no reason to rush him 100%. into anything. Into anything. Uh, Jai Herbert is going to take on Ludovic, uh, Ludovic Klein. Jai Herbert was the guy who got sliced in half by Ilya Teporia. Um, and then Juliana Miller taking on Veronica Macedo, Veronica so, Hardy. So for, for Veronica Hardy there, uh, she's been out of the game for, is it like three years? It's been like yeah, a insane. really long time. Um, interesting fight for Killer Miller. This is her official US de UFC debut after looking good on the Contender Series. Um, she's very aggressive, Luke. Or was it the Tough that she won? Which one was it? One of the two. Had to have been one of okay. those unwatched shows. I'm going to watch that fight, and I like it. So apparently I'm alone in that regard. Uh, the card itself. I will watch it the alone. The card itself had two strong uh, fights at the top. Um, not as good as the 285 card, I would say. I think 288 is a good card. 286 is, or 287 is a decent card. This one's okay for the yeah. UK. I, I think they would have had loved to have Patty, but it just wasn't in the card. You think Connor will ever fight in the UK? Man. And, I, and I'm not doing a bit with Northern Ireland. I mean, no, I know. Like, with the, I know they Honestly, want him to fight. If he in gets Ireland, out of his UFC deal, like later on in life, in boxes or something, then sure, he might fight there. But outside of that, I don't Saudi know. Arabia or Saudi Arabia, yeah, exactly. <laughs> some big. But he doesn't need that money either, too. He's made a bunch true. of money from whiskey. That is so true. Whatever. Uh, but it should be a fun one. That that the 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 huge huge stakes for the welterweight division. Who will defend it? What's it look like? Uh, on March 19th, or excuse me, March 18th. You remember it was De when Deontay Wilder said that he, he's, what did he say? I speak it, I believe it, I see it. 
speak it, I believe it, I see it. We, I used to play that sound on my podcast all the time. It's part of his visualization practices. Yeah. I may have birthed an idea into the, you know, into the ethos, right? <laughs> that you're looking at MMA's new A team. I like that. Bitch. Luke, <laughs> I've said it enough times now, and we've, you know, outperformed enough times, right? The three of us, I mean, I mean, do I cut Chuck off at times, you know? Yeah, From time to yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have like an O.J.-Ron Goldman relationship in that regard, right? Just just constant. He's bringing you back your sunglasses and you're just stabbing him in the face. <laughs> oh, right. Just cutting him, just cutting him right uh, off, Luke. Um, what I was going to say is, like, are you ready to... Walk in that, you know what I mean? Like, st- like, just wear that, like, put that on like it's a jacket. You know, the MMA A team, it's back, and it's the three of us motherfuckers right here, okay? Dude, what's gonna get me home? Whatever is powering the train or my bovine levels of gas <laughs> I'm gonna expel from here. Sorry, to sir, we won't to need Washington, DC. We won't need diesel or any coal. I've got methane. <laughs> we'll be running on that oh, exclusively. Man. By the way, how is this a fat guy move or a smart guy move? This guy bought Taco Bell I saw that. I saw that for the back. train home yes. two hours ago, and he's so weird that whenever he gets like Uber Eats, yeah. he lets it sit until it gets cold. Yes. Well, would, would you grow up in jail? Like, what, what, like you know what I mean? Like, what? The answer is yes, by the way, and it's both. <laughs> it's both of them. The problem is, well, here's what ends up happening, is BC is like, listen, you guys got to hear the story about the skin tag on the back of my balls. <laughs> we got to talk about this for 20 minutes. That actually and I'm like, was a real story. And I'm like, I'm like BC, we got to go. The lady had to, like, spread my cheeks. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to hear about your ball skin tags, and I got to go. And he just won't shut the fuck up. And anyway, so I end up having to run to the fucking train, and the food on the train is... Let's just be honest. It's dog yeah. food. It's yeah. British food, it's right? It's nubs, as Luke It's would dog say. food. <laughs> yeah. Taco Bell is n- not much better, but it's better than dog food. And so there's nothing else to get. So yeah. you do, what am I going to do? I'm going to get food in the Newark train station? <laughs> hey, hey, here's here's a here's a burger. Would you like yeah. some fucking cholera with it? Here's two pieces and a side of Hep C. Here's some meningitis, ass face. Enjoy your fucking lunch. Anyway. <laughs> wow. So wow. I was like, I'm not going to do that. So still, I went, though, Chuck is still a fat guy move. Right? Oh, it's a fat guy move. Yeah, yeah. But I, it's also it's a rash. Guy move because I'm gonna be in the train for three hours. Yeah, but how, how cold is that shit right now? Oh, I don't care. Wait, let me just ask this. Can I just ask one thing though? Huh. That's a big bag. What did you get? Oh like, no, what no. Is that? two soft tacos and a bean burrito. Oh, okay, that's not too bad. That's yeah, all right. Five layer beef burrito is the go-to if you need one item. That was your one. thing, the five layer. Oh yeah, well, there's seven layer back in there. Oh, there is, but it's not as juicy. All right. Anyway, all right, well, this is a I mean, why would anyone? They call it a cantina now. London you know? like, calling, right? <laughs> I live by the river. Hey, we were doing some good, um, some. Creed karaoke earlier, you know what I mean? We're like, uh, and I said, oh. You know, I, I tell the production crew this every time. We shoot two things in here, it goes well. The third one, disaster every time. Yeah. I was, I, I've experimented with this at home. Like, if you strip back, like, the MMA stuff, like, what's left? It's 45 minutes of this. How much? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> three, three old bags, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. Oh, man. All right. Well, with that Always mind, a pleasure, gentlemen. You see that guy's balls? They were weird. Yeah. Those, yeah. All right. Yeah. Just watching Race the Soccer. Got yeah, yeah. Luke Catch your case over there. That's my guy. Yeah, they, just, yeah. they just love talking. They just love talking when we're yeah. talking. Well, you weird. know, they kept the lights on for us. Luke, I may complain from time to time, but this vehicle, Morning Combat, yeah. It's changed my life. It's just fantastic. Life too. I don't you like know? all the travel, though. The travel's not great. I mean, call me B.A. Baracus because I'm now a part of the A-team, brother. Yeah. Right? You there ain't no other motherfuckers that can, f- that can compete travel. with this. Tri- I know. Hey, you're part of a you're part of an alternate trio. Remember, That's like, true. Back to the Future Part 2 was like an alternate universe of the first movie. You're in, like, an alternate, you know, I'll take team. That. 
Yeah. Take that. Chuck, how can people find your work? At The Myth. That's themyth.com is where I write and the Ringer MMA show. After every big UFC event. There you go. We're the A team, they're the V team. The V team? Yep. Is that for the venereal disease in your <laughs> chest? No, yeah, we, you're going to have to watch them both now to understand that reference. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We feel right, we, can, we can end this anytime. <laughs> Do you have to let it linger? You know what I mean? No, we don't. Okay, Do you that's have Brian to? Campbell. Yeah. That's Chuck Mendenhall. I'm Luke Thomas. Enjoy UFC 286, March 18th. You got anything to say about Gaines, bitch? O2 Arena. Enjoy the fights, fuckers. Peace.